0: Now here's your host, John Frenet, with this week's Local Business Spotlight. All right, we are sitting here on Main Street in an office over actually looking Main Street, which is a beautiful location. And we're here with Mike Carter, who is the president, owner, founder of Tours and Crawls, which is, I think you are probably the original pub crawl ghost tour company here in Annapolis, weren't you?
1: Uh, Yeah, we actually are definitely the first pub crawl company. Um, there was a company, um, based out of Virginia when I, when I, first started that would come up like once a month and do like one tour a month and that was it. And then they just, and they hadn't been up after we started. I, I don't think we saw them again. That's
0: um, lame. That sounds like the roofers that show up after a storm just to, you know, pretty, pretty much. Put, put yeah. A new roof yeah. When yeah. Pretty much. Get, get yeah. Your money
1: and out. Yeah, pretty much. So, uh, but that was it. We were, and since then we been for a long time, we're the only tour company in town doing ghost tours, and certainly we're still the only one doing, uh, as far as I know, um, pub crawls, especially haunted pub crawls.
0: Well, I'll tell you, if anybody knows uh, your company, maybe not by name or by sight, but when you are out downtown Annapolis and you see a gaggle of 12 to maybe 20 people all sort of huddled around listening to somebody in the middle, that's probably Mike or one of his, one of his people telling the history of Annapolis, which there's so much of it. Um, Yeah, that is definitely probably one of our groups. We're kind
1: of easy to spot. Um, All of our guests wear glow bracelets. Makes them easy to find on the streets and uh, makes it easy to find them in the bars when we're doing pub tours. Also, um, it's funny how excited people get when we hand them a glow bracelet. You think that they were like, you know... Ten years old again. We give them a look at and they get so excited. So that's what we've been doing since day one, as a way just to know who's on our tourist and who's not.
0: And I've also heard that uh, the spirits are turned off by the glow bracelets that they, so they won't take you to the other side. Yeah, they're wearing like a glow
1: bracelets. They certainly don't. We have had incidents in the past with uh, with around the glow bracelets and um, glow sticks that we used to use, and people don't uh, the ghosts uh, or spirits or whatever we
0: call them energies. Don't don't seem to like them very much. <laughs> Just the chemical and the <laughs> in the glass might that's be what it is. Well, let's talk about this. When did this start? I mean, you've been doing this as long as I can remember. So I'm, I'm and I and I don't know. So I'm going to guess probably early to mid two thousands. Early two thousands. Okay. Uh, the
1: original idea came around actually summer of two thousand and one. Uh, my ex wife and I had headed down to uh, Savannah and and uh, Charleston for a vacation. And while we were down there, I'll never forget, uh, we were sitting at a bagel shop and um, having breakfast. And the people – it was very busy. And the people who uh, had left a table and kind of flagged us over saying, hey, you guys are waiting for a table. Take ours. Had left a bunch of rack cards, um, like those little cards you get at a visitor center. The wife had come over and said, oh, you may throw these away. And we're like, no, no, just going to leave them. We'll we'll look at them or whatever. So they left them there. And uh, my ex started looking through it. Uh, And she said, uh, wow, doesn't this look fun? And shows me this uh, walking ghost tour card. And I went, yeah, not so much. That does not seem like something I would really have fun doing. And she's like, what other plans do we have for this evening? I said, well, none. She said, well, I want to do it. Can we do it? I said, sure, why not? So I called up. I booked it. And we went. And halfway through, it was hot July, summer. We were all sweating. It started pouring. One of those, like, southern... Torrential sure. downpours that last like half an hour. We got soaked. Half the people left, but we still had a blast. We ended up sticking around the whole tour and had a great time. Uh, the guide, you know, at the end gave us a little pitch and said, you know, if you really had fun doing this, um, for you adults, we do a haunted pub crawl as well, or actually, they called it a, uh, I forget what they call it, a spooky tavern tour or something like okay. that. And I was like, wow, that sounds fun. So we went ahead and we did that That like the next night. We did a pub tour. And then after that, uh, we went down to Savannah. We get down to Savannah, and I'm like all excited because they were so much fun. So we looked up, found a haunted pub tour there, and went ahead and did that and um, had a great time. So we're driving back whatever it was, the seven or eight hours or however long it was to come back. And I said, I wonder why we don't have this in Annapolis. Like it seems like it's a perfect match for who we are and what we do. And she goes, well, you never even heard of one until you – did this. And so maybe there is one. And so I got back and said, yeah, maybe. I looked into it and no, there wasn't. I only discovered that one company at Yorktown that was coming
0: up once a year. And so I thought, hmm, what a great idea. You know, and Annapolis is such a perfect town for it because, I mean, you've got the history and everything else. And, and anytime you hear Annapolis compared to other cities, Charleston and Savannah al- always get in that mix there somehow. Oh, yeah. So that that's a perfect match. So, you didn't have this burning desire to know about ghosts and, and pubs since you were three or anything like that? No,
1: I mean, I always found them interesting. I've always found anything kind of paranormal, uh, cryptozoology, just to be an interesting kind of side thing. I mean, I grew up, you know, you and I around the same age. I grew up, you know, watching, um, uh, what was it, Scooby Doo? Uh, yeah, well, Scooby Doo yes. But um, like Discover and some oh, of the sure. other shows that they would put on, like, oh, Bigfoot. You know, all about Bigfoot. um,
0: Ghost Hunters. Ghost Hunters, yeah. All that
1: kind of stuff. Like early on, you know, in the late 70s, early to mid 80s that were coming out. That's incredible. Those kind of shows. And I found that to be interesting. But no, I didn't have a burning desire uh, until I started doing the research. And so that summer, I spent the the tail part of that summer – doing a ton of research, um, going into the archives, one, you know, finding stories I could find published online. Online was a very small place then. But, you know, did a bunch of research, find all these ghost stories, and then began kind of proving or disproving them. Um, so I went to the archives uh, and began digging through. In those days, you actually had to go into the archives and sit there and look through the books. Um, and I would actually do what I, I called folio searches, where I would look up an address where we supposedly had a haunting. I would follow it backwards through history and take go back as far as I could and see if I could find the names of an owner who would perhaps passed away or also looking through old newspaper articles, looking for murders or deaths around that same time period. And was able to prove a lot of the stuff that I was coming across and disprove a lot of the stuff I was coming across. From there, that's where the, sort of the tour was born. I was planning to start that Halloween, but unfortunately 9-11 happened. So I took everything and I just shelved it and um put it up uh literally on a shelf. Like I had binders full of information um that I had printed out and was you know, had made notes all over and had created sort of this tour and had a map and all these things. Uh and then just put it all up on the shelf and went back to doing my thing, working full time. And I just sat there for about another year. Um and then I was watching the news one morning. Um just like back, you know, headline news, um which I guess nobody really didn't really do headline news so much anymore. But um they would do these, like, bottom-of-the-hour stories of, you know, oh, look at this fun thing. Like, here's a water-skiing squirrel. And one of the stories that they had did, that was this one morning they had done was about a group of ghost hunters uh, who had gone to a local taverns in Annapolis to do ghost hunting, um, which was actually Ram's Head. And uh, I was totally like, wow, this is a sign. So I said, okay, uh, you know, let me pull this stuff down. Maybe it's time to start pulling this out. So then I spent another few months doing more research. And I uh, launched that spring. So it was spring two thousand, spring 2002 that we officially launched Tours. So we're now at 21 years, give or take, almost 21 years. Congratulations. That we've been doing this, yeah. Congratulations. Non-stop. We've never stopped doing it, even during COVID. We kept on going. Well, it sounds like with all your research and stuff like that, you probably should have written a book, too. Uh, I did. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I did write a book. Uh, it's actually uh, published by History Press, now Arcadia Press. Um, and it's called Haunted Annapolis, Ghost of the Capital City, um, and you can read um, all about the ghosts in Annapolis. But you know, you'll get even more information and sort of and be able to actually real world walk through these historic
0: spaces. And these, there's uh, something about, it, regardless of whether you're looking for ghosts or just in history, and even whether modern history. You know, you sit there and you look and say, "Well, gosh, you know, George Washington probably did shots here. Maybe he didn't do shots. I don't know. Maybe he drank beers, but you know." Whatever it is, you know, you look at these at the history that this town offers, and you, you certainly know that there's got to be some some unwritten history there as as well, which is really kind of neat.
1: It's um, funny that you should mention that uh, because during the course of my research, I did find a lot of those kind of stories. Um, some of them I think are are, are, are fascinating. Um, one of my favorites would be uh, the George Washington, since you brought him up, um, would go to Middleton Tavern. Because Milton Tavern, the Milton family, ran the ferry that ran from Annapolis to Rock Hall. And so he would ride all day and show up here in the early, late afternoon. Uh, He would go to Milton Tavern. He would get some, uh, get his drink, you know, his ale or whatever it was he was drinking. And he would play cards all night long. Um, You know, obviously he would stable his horse. Then he would play cards all night long, not sleep at all. Then he would wake up there. Sorry, excuse me. Then he would, in the morning, he would go get his horse. He would take his horse down to the docks. He would hop on the ferry. And he would sleep all day sleep to Rock all. while the ferry went across. And then he would get off on his horse and ride the rest of the way to Wilmington and then from Wilmington on to Philadelphia. So, yeah, that, I thought that was fascinating. But all this – I kept coming up more and more and more this crazy history that I couldn't find other places. Um, and that's actually where one of our other tours, our Twisted History tour, came from, was from all this interesting and fascinating history – I sort of started it, created it, got a tour going, and then Melissa, our uh, my VP, and one of our um, tour leaders. Melissa's great. Melissa's awesome. Incredible um, florist. Could, <laughs> couldn't do the yeah, Incredible florist as well as a fantastic tour guide and an amazing, super awesome person. She has taken that and run with it, and she's also a history nut and has done even more research on the Twisted side. And I know she's putting together information
0: for a book on Twisted history in Annapolis. So and that's, um, that's cool. That's just not, that's, that's not the ghost stuff. That's not the the, the no. This is separate. Fifth, fifth grade history book stuff. This is the the yeah. oddball stuff that is fascinating. I call it murder, mayhem, sex, and scandal.
1: That's okay. pretty much what we cover on that particular tour. <laughs> uh, although there's also a riot thrown
0: in there, but you'd have to take the tour to hear about the Annapolis riots. Uh-huh. And, uh, well, you've got several different tours. I mean, you've got the ghost tours. You've got the pub tours. You've got the walking tours, which is like that Twisted History tour. What's your bread and butter? I mean, is it the ghost tours? Or is uh, it, yeah, uh,
1: I mean, it's always been the ghost tour has always been the walking ghost tour that is has always been at the heart of it, uh, mainly because it's family friendly, all ages. We get people visiting and who live here um, who are bringing family friends. I we've always joked that we're kind of like the Smithsonian of Annapolis, <laughs> where when you have friends in town, you know they're like, hey, let's go to the Smithsonian, and you're like again okay we'll go down to washington we'll go to the museums we kind of joke that like you know with a lot of people we've had people who've come on our tour a half dozen times with different family and friends because they come to town they say hey we have a great activity for you to do and we they take them on a walk and you through.
0: know i'll tell you i am such a fan of being a tourist in your hometown and i think that you learn something new and every every time and i you know an excuse me, i mean i go out on the harbor queen and i learn something new I'll, sure. I, I remember i learned on one of their boats about water in the bottom of the Trident Light. There is a vessel in the bottom, in the, in the foundation of the Trident Light right at the end of the Naval Academy wall, mm-hmm. and it has water from each of the seven seas. All sorts of little tidbits that people are coming up, and you know, to agree, some of them may be whispered down the line, and it, right. you know, may have been distorted a little bit, but it's just very fascinating to see what it is. I remember the first time when I um, learned that the, the poor people the you know, lived down at the water. It, wasn't, mm-hmm. the, it wasn't, wasn't the rich folk. That was bloody point. Well, uh, oh, anywhere, any, any water, and said so the, the wealthy lived up at the top of the hill because they had sewage they needed to dispose of, and mm-hmm. it would go into the creek. So it was, and I'm like, "Aha! Shit flows downhill." <laughs> you know, maybe that, that was my own
1: interpretation of where that may have come from. Yeah, you know, that's actually true. There's there's two reasons for that, and again, this came out of the research I was doing. One being exactly what you just said: the sewage ran downhill. The other being uh, that there was a lot of vermin. Um, and they stayed down by the waterfront because there was a lot more food for them because of all the ships coming in and bringing food and that kind of thing. You had bugs. You had tons of mosquitoes. It wasn't like uh, you know today where we can put – we have treatments for that and prevent the mosquitoes. So tons of mosquitoes uh, and rats and other kinds of vermin. So, um, yeah, that's why the rich people lived at the top of the hill why all the nicest uh, mansions in Annapolis for the most part are on the high ground. Makes
0: sense. Makes sense. It's probably a and better breeze too. True. True. I didn't even think about that. Well, I mean, let's talk about your tours. I mean, how long how long are they? I mean they're walking tours. Correct. Um, so uh you've gotta be ambulatory. Yeah. Uh you're
1: well we yeah. are uh we are um it's hard to say in Annapolis, it's hard to say anything is wheelchair friendly. It's, it's true. Annapolis has a has a real uh, difficult time with ADA compliance. But we, we do we do have a tour route that we can take people if they are as long as they're like somewhat mobile or have somebody who can help push them on a wheelchair, um we are you know, wheelchair friendly as well. But yeah, it is it's a ninety minute walking tour. We walk around the historic downtown area. Um, the Route varies group to group, night to night. What's happening event wise? Really?
0: Okay, so, many... so so I can come in tonight and do one, and then next week maybe a different maybe a different route. And yeah, well,
1: that we pride ourselves on that. One of the things we pride ourselves on is that. When the way we train our staff and our tour leaders, um, everybody has their own favorite stories they like to tell and the ones that they don't necessarily love. There's certain ones we require. They say you have to tell these, but others, they have their choice. So we like to pride ourselves on the fact that you can come take the tour with two different guides and get two totally different experiences. That's cool. That's smart. So we don't we don't script train them. Tried that in the very, very beginning. I had written this, written this great script for the tour with a jokes written into it and pause for laughter oh gosh it was oh yeah it was an absolute debacle and i think we were probably a month maybe two months in when the guy's like can i just not do the script can i just kind of do my own little ad-libbing and i was like sure i guess so and then then suddenly you're
0: not funny mike yeah i know (laughs) apparently i'm not
1: yeah apparently yeah i'm not so yeah, and certain, certain Literally, I'm like, wait for laughter. <laughs> oh, that's
0: that's funny. I, I mean, still have
1: it. I have that printed out still. I actually still have a copy of that, and I love to periodically go back and pull that file open and look at it and just laugh at this like ridiculous script. I oh, wrote.
0: that's that's great. I mean, at that point, you might as well just get those little boxes that you clip onto your waist and pretty put, much put your headphones. Yeah. So on.
1: now we, every guide has their own. They, you know, they all make their own jokes. They all have their own things that they do and their own stories that they like to tell. Um, so yeah, every tour is different. Where do you where do you start your tours? Uh, most tours start at the Maryland Inn. About ninety eight percent of our tours start there, with the exception of like private events, which we can start pretty much anywhere. Um, it's not uncommon for us to pick a group up at their hotel for a private event. Okay, so Mar- Maryland Inn, Inn right at Maryland. the top of
0: Main Street, yep. right on Main Street and Church Circle, yep, right up on the front the, porch, the big building that looks like a sharp V, looks like the Flatiron. Building. Exactly, I always say that it looks kind like a
1: miniature version of the Flatiron Building. Yeah, we've been operating out of there. Since about 2008, we started operating mm-hmm. out of there, um, and have been there since ever since. Um, we've had a great relationship with um, Historians of Annapolis. You know, over the years, I've had it's funny how many of the GMs that I've met and gone, you know, and worked with. And it's funny how many of them. I will say the new GM is fantastic. I uh, give him a big plug to Ken. I love Ken. He's the new GM of uh, Historians. Mm-hmm. Um, he got right away who we were and what we did and we didn't have to require no explanation just introduced myself he said oh fantastic so they've been great Um, but in the past I've had you know the president say call me in for a meeting and say okay so who are you and why are we letting you run tours out of our hotel and why are you know why are we doing this I I don't understand what are we getting out of it and I say well we put about six on average about 6,000 people through your bar downstairs uh, that being the drummer's lot right let's just call it $5 a drink even though we know it's not let's just go for easy math do the math and they go
0: okay welcome nice to meet you <laughs> right right primary audience is tourists yep. that are probably going wow this is a fantastic building this is a, this is an awesome place we probably should stay as opposed to you know some concrete monstrosity Absolutely. Someplace. we have that all the time too
1: we have people you know will say you know next time i come to annapolis um i'm going to stay here this is a really cool hotel or these hotels are very cool Because we, especially boat show time, we get people from all over, and people come back every year for boat show. We get families of mids um, coming, a lot of like you know navy people who are who are um, alumni of the academy who come back for different games and such. And so, yeah, I mean, we get them on our tours, and we get them saying, you know, I should stay here.
0: Do you have any um, plans for expansion? I mean, you're here in Annapolis, you're kicking butt in Annapolis. I mean, you've got the different. Oh, before I get to that, yes. I, I was on your website and everyone should go there and take a look at it. It's toursandcrawls.com, all spelled out. But you have a header up there and it says cooking. And I yes. put like three question marks like, okay, so where does like ghost tours, pub crawls, walking tours, and cooking come in?
1: <laughs> so I will jump into cooking and give you half a second. I do want to mention something. I mentioned something earlier. Um, most people know us as Annapolis Ghost Tours, locals. So if you look up Annapolis Ghost Tours also, you come to us. I, that's something. Oh, okay. Everybody. And I say tours across. People go. I don't know if that's Naples Ghost Tours. Oh, <laughs> Naples <laughs> Ghost Tours. Got it. Because that's what we used to be called. But anyway, okay. And you've got that domain, Naples Ghost. Oh yeah. Coast? And in oh. fact, it's actually Naples Ghosts will also get you to our, okay, uh, our page. Well, it well. makes sense because but, you've, expan- uh, you've uh,
0: expanded from yeah, Ghost Tours.
1: Yeah, exactly. So we changed it uh, about ten years ago. Uh, so, but cooking school. Yes. So I, um, along with a business partner and a group of investors. Came together and created a recreational cooking school up in Catonsville, just outside of Baltimore. It is from Annapolis, surprising only thirty minutes to get there. Um, I drive up there all the time, and it takes me thirty-two minutes door to door. And I live down near Cape St. Clair, so um, it takes me thirty-two minutes door to door. So it's not far. Um, we teach, I mean, over a hundred different classes um, on a variety of cooking techniques, skills, as well as regional and ethnic. Cooking classes for people who want to expand their cooking repertoire, or for people who um, don't know how to cook or, and just want to learn basics. We have basic classes, things like knife skills, um, you know, chicken butchery, uh, cast iron cooking. With cast iron, that's actually a really popular class.
0: Wow! So, so is this is this like a, a one off class? I mean, I can take cooking with cast iron, go and list. Take that class and then be done, or is there a whole curriculum like a, a uh, no, semester? It's, with- it's,
1: no, it's one off. You can do one and done. Um, we do some some classes in series. Um, usually, those are country based. So I know we have a French series. Um, we're working on Asian series right now. Um, yeah, we have a variety of Italian as another series. So we do do series classes for adults who are like that's really designed for the more um, adept cooks out there who want to really kind of sharpen their skills and kick it up a notch. Um, we also do a ton of kids stuff. Um, we do after-school classes for kids um, that run from five to seven, so that you can drop your kids off after school. You know, not every kid wants to play soccer. Not every kid wants to play baseball. Right. Um, some of them want to. They watch these cooking shows and they want to be cooks. And thank gosh, thank gosh for them, because then we wouldn't
0: have wonderful restaurants.
1: Correct. So we we are we like to think that we're training a ne- the next generation of uh, of chefs who are going to come out of the you know going to go on to become chefs and. Go to the, the cooking. That's cool.
0: Are you an adept chef, adept cook yourself?
1: I would say I am a good cook. I would not say I am a overly adept cook. I thought I was adept until I started the school <laughs> <laughs> and I spend much of my time surrounded by chefs. I realize, uh, you know, what a babe in the woods I am. Um, like just little things like I always cooked with olive oil because, you know, everybody told us to cook with olive oil. Rachel Ray, you know, the Evo thing. First thing, one of the first things I learned when the chefs came is don't cook with olive oil. Olive oil is a dressing, it is not a, it's not a uh, oil you cook with because its smoke point is so low. Oh. Um, so, yeah, you should always be using a vegetable oil or an avocado oil or something like that when you're cooking um, anything other than just heating something. Like, you know, if you're just doing a low heat, sure, olive oil, go to town. But the rest of it, yeah, you want to use a different kind of oil. And uh, just little things like that that I just did not, I, th- I thought I was so adept in the order in which things go in is so important just little things like that like i just never really thought about and uh and also i'm not a recipe follower um, I will look at a recipe, and then I just sort of go with it and make do my own thing based on so just Adjust as you go and taste. And, yeah. and, 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 and baking, so. forget it. I'm a horrible baker. Like, don't ever give me something to bake. I'm, I'm going to have to dig a little bit deeper into that because yeah. a lot of I am, really, a, really, I am really a
0: horrible cook. I would like to learn a little bit better. I think it might be something fun for my girlfriend have, and I to do. Just to, We
1: get a lot of date night people. We get a lot of um, – especially out here, we're getting a lot of – we do parent-child classes, which, which um, is for
0: kids of any age. I spent 25 years getting rid of them. I'm not going to bring them back.
1: Well, not for you, but for the younger, <laughs> the younger parents out there who's got, you know.
0: I mean, I would say pretty much younger than six is a little on the
1: young side. But anything six and up with a parent, they can learn to make donuts. They can learn to make sushi. They can learn to do pasta from scratch. Cool. Um, you know, you name it, they they can do it. So That's we have really a lot of cool. that stuff, too. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. You know, we opened during COVID still. We made the decision that people were going stir crazy, wanted to get out. So as soon as they opened up. Uh, and the mandates allowed us to have ten people gathered. We opened up at that point, and we allowed ten people in the classroom. We I would literally sit there before each class with a tape measure, measuring, measuring six foot, measuring six foot from stool to stool, um, that so that people would not be coming in with six feet of each other. Everybody was masked, you know. All, the chef was masked. Um, you know, there was no sharing of food, no sharing of ingredients. Um, things have opened up a lot since then. Now we have on average about fourteen people in the class. Um, we don't, you know, they they are still cooking. Their, we decided to go with the cooking your own recipes rather than group recipes, which some of the other schools in the area right. do, where they say, here, you guys are making this, and this group's making that. And then we're all going to come together and put those all on the table, and everybody's going to eat a little bit of each. Each person, person makes their whole own. set of recipes and eats only their food. Um, we liked that once we started doing it. People liked it. People responded well. So we keep on doing it. What's the future look like for? Annapolis ghost tours or tours and crawls. So we um, we are working on some um, some really cool new stuff. Um, it's you know kind of depends on what happens. We'd like to do. Uh, we're looking to do a cocktail
0: tour, go around to different bars, try different cocktails. We've talked about doing a whiskey tour. You know, Annapolis has really up their game as far as cocktails go. Oh, yeah. And I, I, I'll say that probably came when Metropolitan came into town, or probably when it was uh, the first iteration of Metropolitan where the, where the drinks were crazy expensive. And then it turned into a Mexican place for a little bit. And then it went back to a Metropolitan again.
1: Yeah, I would say, um, I think we have to give a lot of credit to our mayor and, yeah. and you know, former and will again be restaurateur, uh, Gavin, uh, and his partner Jody. They, I think they've done a fantastic job uh, with bringing like that kind of craft cocktail thinking into Annapolis between Metropolitan and also, um, at Tsunami. I mean, Tsunami has a fantastic cocktail mm-hmm. menu. And then I feel like that kind of carried over when, uh, Scotty opened up Sailor. Yeah, uh, that same sort of thing.
0: That, that you, whole... you, you look at Sailor, you look at Vin, how that's come. You look at the brand oh, new yeah. parlor oh, room. God, Alex and Alex, what Alex does at Vin, yep. amazing. Uh, I mean, you know, you look at the new parlor room over here mm-hmm. over, over um, Vita. Yes, uh, you know, you dry dry eighty five. Yep, uh, they're they really up that. Even you go know, out in Western apples you look at Flamont and uh, and, and everything else. It's It's very very cool to see the city evolve like that. And I kind of
1: hope that the citizens of Annapolis recognize how hard some of these restaurateurs who have now become like restaurant groups um, are are working to really bring the food levels up. Uh, You know, you look at the Fox Brothers or the Fox family who started out, I would say, same time period shortly after with Level. Level was another one that was doing fantastic cocktails, first place doing small plates. And so they they started out with Level. Well, actually, I can think about it. They had Sly Fox before that. Then Great. they did level, uh, and then I guess Vox's Den, yeah. and then Vita. Vita. Big props to my friend Josh Brown uh, for creating an amazing menu there. And then they've got parlay above that. And that, I'm really looking forward to the warm weather so I can take advantage of that really cool uh, patio they have. Those who don't exactly. know, they took over the uh, it was the State House Inn, and uh, they have a cool patio facing the, the State House. I mean, you can't get much better view. Shorter yeah. than of them on the water, um, other than looking up at the State House at night and having cocktails on that patio.
0: No, you certainly can. They, I understand they got a couple rooms up there too. Not many, but that's my like, understanding. I have not, like I have not checked something. them out. Yeah, I have not checked that out. but I've been in Parley a couple times now
1: and uh, been really impressed. Yeah, that's cool. So you're looking looking to do a cocktail tour? Yes. That would definitely be want to do a cocktail tour. We're trying to decide if we want to just make that strictly cocktail knowledge, or if we want to kind of combine that with some of the history, kind of make it a cocktails and history kind of thing.
0: But that's cool. So when what what's your timeline time frame for a uh, cocktail? Or, uh, any, or isn't there one? It's I would we'd like to
1: have it up in the next six months. That would be oh horrible. gosh okay. Um, but you know there's it's actually a lot harder than people would think it is. You can't just come up with an idea and just do it. You have to come up with the idea, then you have to do the research, then you have to make it like fun and something you can disseminate out to the public in a fun and interesting way rather than just sitting there and droning on about, you know, different cocktails and ingredients. Um, it's actually looking up and having fun historical facts about the different ingredients. Um, you know, how did gin come about or, you know, or how, what founding father liked to, you know, we, that's sort of where I've always seen it tying in is sort of with the founding fathers, the colonial period, the cocktails they were drinking in those days because we have recipes that were used Back to then. make cocktails during the colonial period. Um for example, this was Jefferson's favorite. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Certainly you had that. I mean, you know, obviously Washington came here, Ben Franklin came here, oversaw the installation of uh, his lightning rod on the uh, state house which is still there, which I think is super cool. Yeah. Um you know, but all these many of our founding fathers came here. Um you know, one of my favorites is Alexander Hamilton. Liked him before the, uh, before the musical, They're, like right. even more after. But I always thought it was so cool that he kept uh, big bowls of rum punch all around his house. He would wake up every morning and have a rum punch because the water wasn't safe to drink. So he would drink rum punch. So there's some logic there, probably. <laughs> so that was just but that was not an uncommon thing for people to drink beer instead of water, you know, or to add alcohol to water. That was sort of the whole thing with navy ships, a grog. You put your rum in the water and uh, you kill all the bacteria that's, that might be in there.
0: That's it. Well, I'll tell you, you know, as we start to wrap it up, I mean, you you've been doing these for 20 years, yeah. and. Uh, there, I am a believer in ghosts and spirits and and whatnot. I you know not the Casper boom <laughs> <right>. <laughs> type thing, but uh, just little odd freaky things. I know okay. one of the tours that I did with you, I uh, was taking a bunch of pictures and one and I don't remember which building it was. It was very weird. It wouldn't let me tweet it out the picture that I took there. Interesting. Uh, it was just, everything else was fine. Uh, so I went home and I said, okay, well, I'll tweet it out for my computer at home, and it errored on that. The images at that property, and I'm like, okay, this is really weird. And I mean, I didn't feel any cold air blowing on my neck or anything like that. Tried to do it on Facebook; I still got an error. Uh, it, it was weird. So what I did is I renamed the files and tweeted it and it went out fine. So instead of the DSC one three eight whatever it was, it was okay. Ghost tour. Yeah. You know, uh, trick whoever it was didn't and, like and it. But I was, I was it was just it was just those images at that property, not. You know, and, and I don't have any explanation for it. I mean, I, I'll, I'll chalk it up to a, to a ghost thing. I mean, it wasn't like a, oh, my gosh, I'm freaked out. I'm scared. I got to run. Uh, and that's what makes a really good ghost tour, I think, to me, is it's not it's not scary. It's just, hmm, that's interesting. Uh, you, you know, you talk about, you know, the ram's head in the, the bedpost. Yeah, uh, absolutely.
1: Yeah. If you ever want to learn about that one, that's definitely a, there's a really cool story there. I um, mean, you did ask me earlier about, like, my interest in ghosts and all that, and if i I don't know if you actually asked about any of my own experiences or not, but there are, are two quick things I would like to mention. Um, one, we actually don't talk about on the tour. Um, and one doesn't take place here at all. But when I was, uh, I grew up in London. Uh, my dad was in with the government, and so I was living in London as a small child and uh, spent the night at a friend's house. And in the middle of the night, I woke up, and as young kids do, and had to use their bathroom and went out and was heading to the bathroom when um, this old man... They stopped He was standing in the hallway. And I still remember it very vividly. He was wearing um, like an orange, excuse me, yellow uh, like raincoat and he had a hat on. It's and, the Gortons Fisherman. Exactly. <laughs> and now I do sort of wonder if I didn't project the Gortons Fisherman on my memory or not. Yeah. But I remember that and I remember like saying hi to him and him saying smiling at me and then turning around walking back down the stairs. And so I went back to bed and the next morning we were having breakfast and I said – to his mom, my friend's mom, where's your grand? Where's grandpa? Like, is he, your grandfather, is he coming down to have breakfast with us? She said, excuse me, who are you talking about? I said, grand- your, your grandpa, like, he, I saw him on the stairs. And she started kind of laughing. And I remember my parents then coming to pick me up and her, or my mom coming to pick me up and her telling my mom what would happen. and said, that's so weird because we've been having these issues in the house with the kid's shoes disappearing and moving around. Um, And being found, we left in one place and found another or whatever. And, um, you know, I had done a little bit of research into the house and had belonged to a sea captain who had died at sea. So I don't know if that's what I saw, but, um, uh, you know, it was just sort of that sort of kind of piqued my interest in those types of things. That's what kind of got me interested in paranormal. Um, But I was actually up at the Maryland Inn one night on the second floor balcony, which a lot of people don't even know is there. Mm -hmm. And it was a hot, hot summer night we were waiting for tours to start. I was with my, uh, my ex and uh, my son. and He was just a toddler at the time. He's now uh, almost 18. Okay. Uh, so, but um, we were up there and there was not a lick of wind, as you find in an apple summer. It's just hot, hot, right. hot. No breeze. And they used to have these three rocking chairs sitting up there. And one of the rocking chairs just started moving for no reason at all. Not all three, just one. And I got this strong whiff of, like, pipe tobacco. And I actually went and looked over like the edge to see if there's anybody down the street smoking a yeah. pipe. Nothing. So I walked over and I touched the chair and stopped it from rocking. It got a little bit of like a like a little like like electric shock. Uh, and then I went back down and sat down. And um, sure enough, a few minutes later, started rocking again. Same chair, got the same whiff again. And This happened three times, and um, I was like, "Wow, this is really kind of freaky." And at that point, it was time to head downstairs, but. Yeah, that was sort of my guess. I like to think that was Captain Charles Campbell, who we talk about one of our stories at the Maryland Inn, um, just enjoying the yeah. summer day, uh, yeah, summer evening with a pipe and probably a pint in hand, as he's usually spotted.
0: What's the uh, oddest encounter that you've heard from the thousands of people so that have uh, taken your tours? I mean, I'm sure they all report back, or not all, but I'm sure many report back, like, this was great. You know, even if yeah, like, sure. a review, this was a great and everything else, um, I mean, your reviews are stellar, but...
1: So I would say that a few come to mind, there's actually a set of pictures up on our website in the gallery um, of, and they're definitely on our Facebook page as well, that there's one woman captured in the St. Anne's Churchyard, um, where the old graves are. That used to be a full-fledged, all-out cemetery right there um, that went all over that area. I mean, where Church Circle is now, yeah, all over the road, that was a cemetery. There are bodies under that road. Um, that they did not necessarily get to, um, and they'd still find – when they do excavations or they do construction, they still find body parts because um, then they moved the St. Cemetery over by the river uh, or the creek, I guess it is. Right. Um, but uh, we've had several different guides have issues in that area where the middle of a story happens a lot and the lights will start flashing or one will flash off, flash on. And when they when they mention the name of the ghost haunts Hanstad Churchyard, um, and then and we had several guides also report feeling uh, tingly, like almost like somebody had put their hand on the back of their neck, or maybe was blowing on the back of their neck, and like hands going through their hair. So we've had that happen
0: quite a few times to to both guests and guides. Interesting, interesting. And there's and, and I do think that with the paranormal, it has to, you know, the recipient has to be. I think there's certain people that are more prone. To attracting yeah I think there are yeah, or some something i 'm not sure i 'm saying that correctly, but I think
1: I think more people some people are more um, in okay. tune in tune maybe with it, like you know I, I tend to think that sort of ghosts or spirits or apparitions, or whatever you want to call them, I feel like there is a scientific basis in it, and it has to do with um, the energy that once flowed through you know that will currently flow through our bodies, you know the, the firing of our synapses and things like that, and those electrical impulses are there. You know, if you want to physiology work, it works. Well, the physics actually, I would say. You know, um, energy is neither created nor destroyed; must remain constant. So that energy that's powering our body has to go somewhere. So maybe it's uh, still floating around somewhere. For some cases, when people die suddenly or unexpectedly, um, the energy doesn't know where to go. That whatever you want to call the afterlife. So um, yeah, I would say that. And one thing we always tell people on our tours: take pictures of just windows and stuff that. Even and you probably heard them say that um, because you never know what you're going to get. Some of the best pictures we've gotten ghost shots are somebody who's taking a picture of the building, and they're like, "Yeah, I took a picture of the building, and there's like a face in the window." And they send them to me, and a lot of times it's actually a reflection of somebody in the street or tree or something. But (laughs) plenty of times we can't explain it. And I've got a couple of really great pictures I put up on the web of the uh, the Bryce House, the Bryce Mansion. where we've got pictures of two different ghosts in a window, and it is a really freaky picture. That's cool. And you can clearly see that they are not real people, that they are like some type of apparition or something, and they're not reflections
0: because they're on the second floor. What's the most surprising thing people that people don't know about you, not you personally, but about and Carlson. What's What would people be surprised to know?
1: Uh, I would say first um, that we are probably the biggest skeptics that you're ever going to meet when it comes to this subject of ghosts. We are not a we believe people. My, most of, almost all of my staff are, we do believe because we have seen and heard and experienced so much, but a lot of it, um, we, we come at everything from a skeptic standpoint. That And that just goes back to my earliest research. I'd read something and I would say, this isn't true, let me see if I can't prove that it isn't true, or that it is. Well, trust but verify. Exactly. <laughs> and so that what I think is surprising to a lot of people that we think a lot of people picture us being, you know, oh, you know, they believe in ghosts no matter what, and oh, they they think they're mediums and things like that. We don't. We are. We love. We all love history. Well, you're historians. I or, think. Yeah. We than- all love history, and um, you know, we we look at the history part of it, and then we just have these other stories that are tied to those histories. Um, you know, I, I've always taught my staff and everybody else is that the history of the hauntings are tied one one in the same um the history sets the stage for the hauntings and the hauntings bring the history to life true and that's how we've always viewed our tours and that's i think why they're different each time because everybody has their own things they love about history
0: well i love I, lo- I love that it's uh it's a no bullshit tour i mean you're not okay well here we are in front of uh this is this is 12 main street and you know, at one time, you know, I mean, so you're not fabricating this store no. here. I mean, no, which, no, this which is I all think which verified is- and the history of
1: the buildings and who lived there. Um, yeah, well, oh, absolutely. I mean, that's, that's something. Oh, that's you asked the question also, what are people surprised by? I think that also when they meet my staff, when they show up for a tour, I think they're expecting, um, you know, somebody to come out all dressed in black and, you know, very gothy and uh-huh. whatever. That's not how we are. We are regular, you know, I mean I do ask them to wear um black or you know clothing, not like gothically, just black so that they people are focusing on their face, not what they're wearing,
0: okay, now I'm a believer in uh, spirits or something like that. We were talking mm-hmm. mid mid conversation in with full batteries that I put in just before I came over here and the recorder just went off. So somebody somebody was a little bit upset about something that we were talking about. I don't that is know. certainly possible. <laughs> don't rule it out. But what I would do is I would suggest anybody that's listening to this, whether you be a visitor to the town. And if you are, welcome to Annapolis. It's a wonderful town to both visit and live in. But if you are a resident of town, if you're just looking for something fun to do, seven nights a week, uh, Mike Carter's tours are running. They start at the Maryland Inn at the top of Main Street. You're going to learn something. And you're going to be entertained for 90 minutes or 2 hours on a pub crawl. 2 hours on a pub crawl. Yes. Well, you've got to work in some drinking time. Exactly. There.
1: That's <laughs> that's the, that is the
0: difference, yes. yeah. <laughs> that that will work there. And uh, definitely want to check out toursandcrawls.com or annapolisghosttours.com. com or Annapolis Ghosts if you want to shorten it. Or Annapolis Ghost? Yeah, yeah, either too. But whatever way it is, buy them all. Um and you know, do do a ghost tour. They're a lot of fun. Uh they're you're going to learn a lot more about Annapolis than you knew before you started it and Personally, I'm going to click on the cooking link and find out what's up in Catonsville because I think that's fascinating Please to see. Do. And as far as getting there, can we just like walk up to the Maryland Inn and say, hey, I'm here for the ghost tour? Uh, typically, no. I mean, if we have a tour already going
1: and um, you know it's, they're all just meeting up, then, yeah, we will take, people, walk, take walk-ups. But for the most part, we do recommend and, and kind of prefer that you buy your tickets in advance. Um, that way it speeds up the check-in process so we're not trying to do a last-minute sale and um, that way we know how many people are coming, especially on the pub tours, so that we can let the bars know in advance how many people are coming in. Oh,
0: that's something I never thought about, yeah.
1: Because we're showing up sometimes with 20, 30 people, and uh, we need to make sure that the bars know we're coming Right, and up. the
0: bartender's going, yeah, just what I need. Oh, uh, they love us. <laughs>
1: no, I'm they, sure, I'm sure <laughs> they do, but it's like <laughs> they, they hate us when we're there, but they love us once we leave. <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: right, when they run the Z on the register yes, at the exactly. end of the night. once they get the tips and everything, they love us. But
1: the moment when they're cranking out 30 drinks at once – not as much, but the restaurants in this town have been absolutely fabulous and fantastic with us, um, you know, so can't thank them enough.
0: But, Mike, thank you so much for your time today, and congratulations on 20-plus years of uh, running the original and uh, really, I guess, the only locally owned, locally owned ghost tour here. Thanks for listening to this week's Local Business Spotlight. Please make sure to visit ionanapolis.net for all your local
1: news, events, and opinions.